Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey there. Welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Sarah, da 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 da. <laughs> Guess what we're talking about today? Very excited. The listeners are excited. We have so much to talk about since last we spoke. Okay. So, um, it's like the opposite of a spoiler cause it already happened, I guess, but, um, I just got married on Memorial day. So we're just going to use that as sort of an excuse to talk about weddings. Yay. And also it's like the time of year where a lot of weddings are happening. So, you know, I know a lot of listeners probably are not currently having or planning their own wedding, but it's a fun chance to reminisce about our weddings, everyone's weddings. And we're actually going to follow this up with an episode, um, that's more parenting focused on Tuesday where we'll talk about all the things that kind of happen when you involve kids in weddings. Yeah, including like trying to leave your kids at home so you can go to a wedding. Like literally all of the complications of being a parent and attending or being in weddings. So we're saving that for Tuesday, as you said. Today, we're just, I'm like getting comfortable, putting my feet yeah. up. We're gonna like talk about everything that doesn't involve kids and your wedding. Yes, exactly. So um, today, we're going to start off by each sharing details about our own weddings and kind of what wedding planning was like for each of us, what stressed us out, what we thought was fun. And then at the end, we're going to talk about what we personally love and maybe don't love so much about other people's weddings. So that section might get a little controversial. I think. I mean, I think we're, yeah, like, like we always say, like we're allowed to have those opinions. It doesn't um, bear on whether people should have a wedding or have a wedding the way we think. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've personally showed up for people's weddings, not enjoyed a part of it, but still been thoroughly entertained and happy for that person. Like it, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be all or nothing. Absolutely. It's still their day and they still get to be the deciders, right? Yeah. Um, well, okay. Let's start off by sharing our own wedding stories. Um, I think this is so interesting. So 
I got married for the first time 26 years ago. Sarah, you got married 18 years ago. And then I got married just again last month. And it's interesting the things that have changed and the things that absolutely haven't changed, which we'll get into a little bit more later about the trends and how we both probably try not to follow trends, but then inadvertently follow the trends anyway, because we're all just humans following trends. Um, But um, I'm going to just go ahead and share some details of my wedding because Sarah, you haven't even really heard the whole story. It's been I mean, we, I got back from having a short little honeymoon and then we went right into the end of the school year for both of us. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As we record this, I am like limping, limping to the finish line. And I also went to New York while you were on your honeymoon. So I got a little getaway, which was really fun, but I wasn't like, I don't know, you were on a honeymoon. So we have not really like processed the details together. So I'm very here for this. Okay. So we got married last, um, the day that we're recording this, it was a week ago last Monday. So Memorial day, it was a morning, a morning wedding, um, 8 AM. We got there. Uh, my kids actually rolled up at about eight Oh two. And I then I yelled say, at them. You're not even a morning family. I feel like we already have no. to pause and discuss this decision. Cause your kids are sleeper inners. Yes. You're not a morning person. What the heck? Okay. So I will say I am now more of a morning person I ever than I ever was before. Like I'm awake now by 6.15 most mornings without trying too hard. But that's one thing on a casual morning where all I have to do is get the kids off to right. school. It's very different when I have to have makeup, hair, flowers, and get to a venue. And I didn't want to be the one corralling my kids, yeah. but it, who else was going to do it? So I will say all of my, all of my male children showed up two minutes late and it was so funny. I'll get to the rest of the wedding story, but this is just so funny. They all pull up together and stroll out of the car. Like nothing's happening. All the men, like all the, I mean, we didn't really do it like groom party and bridal party really. Cause it was a very small wedding. It was just family, but like Eric, the pastor, my brothers, my brother-in-law, all of the male cousins who made it are all there already. They're all down waiting. <laughs> and, your four and then Mike has just kind of roll up like whatever. And so Owen's standing outside the car. So then all the women that came with me. So like my sister um, and Jenna and Clara and all of her cousins, all of her female cousins, we were all together in one car. So it was kind of like the guys kind of with some exceptions got there first and the girls showed up a little bit later to walk up. Right. So my boys, I'm like, you guys, everybody else is there. And Owen's like, well, what do you think about my fit? You like the sweater better or should I take the sweater off? And I said, Owen, I literally don't care. Get down there right now. So then they're all just kind of droop, droop, droop. I see them kind of take off. And I was like, you can run. You can run now. Pick up the pace. And oh, William stops at the bathroom. And I was like, keep walking, buddy. <laughs> there is no bathroom break for you. So anyway, it was very casual, but I think that encouraged them to take it a little too casually. I will say, I'm just impressed they all made it at 802. That was too. a pretty big deal. I am so too. yes. And um, and their hair was all combed and they looked decently presentable. So it was a win. Anyway, we had the wedding itself at a state park. Um, the name of the state park is uh, Palms Book. It's in the UP in, in Upper Michigan, um, but it's locally called the Big Spring or Kitchity Kippy. And it's like this beautiful freshwater spring that's so clear you can like look down and see all the way to the bottom and there's this weird like little so you see the fish and it's really cool the water's very green and there's this um they call it a raft but when I told people I was getting married on a raft the the mental image (laughs) was like 
me sitting in like a rubber raft, like rowing. It wasn't that. It's like a big deck. So you all go out on this big wooden deck and it holds probably 40 people. And then there's a crank and you crank it out to the middle. And so then you've got like on all sides, pine trees. Oh my gosh. And there's like one place where it kind of forks off. It's just gorgeous. And um, so you can't actually reserve a wedding there. So we just got there early and hoped for the best. <laughs> so- Did you have a fear that like, what if you show up at eight and somebody else had the same idea or maybe didn't have the same wedding idea? They just like wanted to do a, a breakfast outing, like a retired couple yeah. having their morning coffee. Like, what would you have done? I mean, there were other people at the park. There weren't a lot. And we did talk to a lot of locals who gave us some good tips. They were like, OK, well, the tourist season hasn't really started yet. It was a very now this we couldn't have known in advance, but it turned out to be just a ridiculously buggy weekend. The spring up there has been very, very mosquito heavy. So I think that kind of um, drove people away a little bit. And Memorial Day weekend, people were saying all of the locals will be gone. They're all going to be at their cabins. So there won't be like a local contingent. And right. it's a little too early for a lot of tourists. So we felt pretty safe, but there was a risk. Like we weren't sure. And we'll talk sure. when we talk about the planning, I'm going to talk a little bit about how the things that stressed me out. And one of them was the, un, the unknowns yeah. around this. Um, but what actually, so that we cranked out, we did a pretty short little service. We had a, a pastor who we met locally, um, who it was probably 15 minutes, maybe, you know, he did like a talk like yeah. we do and like a opening prayer. And, um, then we did the vows and then we took a few photos out on the, uh, on the floating raft. And then we cranked it back and then everybody, well, the kids stayed for a few minutes. Everybody else went back to a different state park where we had a breakfast reception. These are two different parks. Okay. And we'd sort of half set up the um, picnic shelter at one of them, which was gorgeous. It's like this, there was a name for it. Um, civil, something like, like there's like a period, um, like a civil service era or something. Okay. It's like that, like those big stone bricks, you know what I mean? And like uh-huh. painted white and you've seen photos. It's, yeah. it was gorgeous mm-hmm. and it was so cheap. It was $53 nice. for us to rent that thing for the whole day. Love it. So, and it's beautiful anyway. So, um, we went back there for breakfast. We just did like a breakfast spread and had champagne and bloody Mary's and, um, the kids played volleyball and <laughs> we did more photos there. So Eric and I did some photos on the raft and around the park that we had been at. Then he and I went back to meet everybody else probably 20 minutes later and everything was ready for us. And then we did photos there and then we all just hung out for like two more hours and it was really laid back. So the people that were there were, um, my sister and my two brothers and some of their families, not all of the cousins made it, but a lot of them made it. There were probably, I don't know, a total of like six or seven cousins there. Um, my best friend, Missy and her husband, um, Eric's best friend and his two kids. And man, that might've been it. I mean, it doesn't take, you don't have to extend the invitation list very, very wide in my family to still pack a room to get a crowd. What was the total count? Do you know, like in the 20, I think it was 25. Okay. And then like, basically that's Christmas Eve for us, like a lot of years or New Year's Eve. So like it was, Kind of similar to that, like the same people that would have been at one of those gatherings. And then you mentioned uh, taking photos. So you did hire a professional photographer and you had a pastor. Was there anybody else like what from what like what I will call the like the 
professional sphere, like someone from not your 25 person family that came in to support in some way? No. So pastor and photographer. And and by far the biggest ticket item for the entire wedding, including the food, was the photographer. Sure. We spent the most money on that, which I think is, you know, a choice. It didn't really occur to me. Somebody actually um, in the reInvent community recommended like figuring out the things you're going to, because we pulled this wedding together really fast. um, And she recommended figuring out the thing you're willing or want to spend the most money on and said for me, it was a photographer. And I was like, well, you know, I think for me too, because I don't want to have anybody in my family have to be the documenting person. And um, I don't really care that much about any other one detail, including my dress. So, um, so yeah, so then that was it. Then it was Memorial Day. Everybody had to go back to work or school the next day. And we'd all been up north all weekend. So everyone kind of got in their cars and left around noon. And then we were headed out on our honeymoon. We went back into town for a little bit and packed up and we kind of took our time. Um, but it was very, it was over so early. And yeah. then we still had like the whole rest of the day, which was actually nice. I bet that felt weird to know. It's like still the same day. Like you look at your watch and it's like, 115 and it feels like an yeah. entire like life altering event happened years ago but it was happened. like 3 hours ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and one question I meant to ask you and and I didn't put it in the outline but I definitely want to know from you is like what can you even remember from your yeah. wedding? Um yeah. because for me the first one was kind of a blur but I always thought like oh it's cuz it was so long ago. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, this one was also kind of a blur. Like there's so much that gets really packed into such a short period of time. And the part where they're doing the vows, I feel like I'm standing there going, it's like an out of body experience. Like you're standing there thinking I'm getting married right now. Yeah. I can't believe I'm getting yeah. married right now. And then you're like, even though we were in this beautiful nature surrounding, I'm looking around. Um, there was a huge mosquito on the pastor's cheek. Oh as God. he was pronouncing us man and wife. And I wanted to slap it off of him so badly. And I mean, it was like going to town. He was being actively bitten right in front of me. And I'm like, I want to smack him, but I can't because he's, he's now making me a married person. And he's pronouncing me married and I can't do that. Um, so anyway, it was, it was great, but like still kind of a blur. And then there's all this activity and then it's over and you're like, did that even just happen? So so yeah, fun, but not like the same kind of fun as like a relaxed family party kind sure. of fun. Well, and I mean, I'm sure we could talk about this for two hours, but there is something about, we just did that graduation episode not that long ago and like ritual and ceremony and bringing people together and wearing different clothes and putting on funny hats. There's a lot of reasons that cultures all over the world continue to do this. And it, it does sort of like, mark a memory in a different way. So for me, it's not that I, I do remember quite a few details about my wedding. I'm sure I don't remember them all accurately. And I remember them only from the mind's eye movie. That is like, like the AI goggles that I'm wearing. What's crazy to me about a wedding is that everyone there is having their own experience of your wedding. And that's different from yours. That's the part I find a little trippy is I, I had a lot of college friends fly across the country and attend our wedding. Cause we were young. We were still really in touch with all of our college friends. And they'll now say 20 years later, they'll be like, Oh my gosh, your wedding was so fun. We went out after, and we did this. And I'm like, I had no You're idea. Like, you you, did. Like, I kind of forgot there. <laughs> there are people who yeah. were like, who brought a date to my wedding, someone they were dating at the time. And I'll, wow. I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that person was at my wedding. So anyway, yeah. um, 
Well, I will just briefly, I guess, share to compare that I got married in 2005, which for those tracking internet, um, like the, the dawn of the internet, it was in the internet age, but not in the social media age and not in the Pinterest age. So I had resources like the not.com, like a rudimentary wedding website and online gift registries. Those things were a thing, but social media was not, Pinterest was not, and not a lot of like, you know, um, Google photo search, like image searching and things like that. The website was very rudimentary. So I just think that's interesting when we get to talking later about planning a wedding. It was kind of in a hybrid internet, like internet infancy phase. Um, I had a pretty traditional wedding. We got married in an Episcopalian church um, that I had attended for a bit of my childhood, but more honestly, because it was in the right location in the town where I grew up and it's a beautiful church. Um, So we did have a Episcopalian service, traditional church service, and then everybody went to a country club that my parents were members of. So we had a country club reception with like a chicken dinner. We had a DJ, not a band, but it was a larger, more traditional. I think for the time, a very traditional wedding in in that sense. Um, So yeah, DJ, dance floor, dinner. I want to say that the ceremony was at 5 p.m. It might have been 4, but I think it was 5 p.m., which means after that, everybody drove or took shuttles over across town to the country club. So it was, a, it was later. Um, I mean, you're talking about an early wedding, like um, the dinner wouldn't have been yeah. until seven, seven thirty, <laughs> and then dancing. I think, you know, the, the DJ, there's always some arbitrary cutoff. It's either that you've paid the DJ for this number of hours, or sometimes it's the country club itself, like doesn't let you, but then I, you have to yeah, close. <laughs> I seem to remember like yeah. 1130. Like, so it was, it's funny. Um, yeah. I recorded a little message for you on your, um, mother of reinvention podcast, which we'll link up. People can go listen to, but in there, I said, what I would do differently is have my wedding at a time of day that is better suited to my energy pattern. So I think it's so funny that you had a first thing in the morning wedding and I had a late night wedding. And that's sort of the inverse of our, our typical rhythms. You know, and what's so funny about, um, about that too, is that like, I, it worked really well for us, but there were moments that morning I was kicking myself, uh, like, we couldn't find my bobby pins because not only was this a wedding, you know, early morning, I wasn't in my town and yeah. we were in a small town where I don't really know everything about it yet. And it's a holiday. So Jenna and I are freaking out because we couldn't find the bobby pins. Then we realized they had gotten left at the breakfast venue at the park mm-hmm. where we had left like a bag of other stuff. And she's like, I cannot do the hair I wanted to do without bobby pins. So we had to send my brother out. So I couldn't start my hair. And we were all in this like little Airbnb um, getting ready. So I, there was a couple times I thought, man, I guess I didn't think this through. Like I got up really early, yeah. but I couldn't have planned for the fact that we're in this Airbnb with one bathroom and yeah. I'm getting ready. And all the girl cousins are also trying to get ready in that bathroom and like all that stuff. So, I mean, it was chaotic and hair and, and harried, but like, um, but it happens. And then it like, it happened you know? it at the end of the day, if you got married, that's like, that was what the goal was. Um, I am curious, Sarah, and this is something I, I definitely had forgotten I was going to mention, but I want to talk about it because it's funny. I didn't really think about the classic stuff like, and I should say, we're going to have a reception in the fall. So if there's going to be like a dollar dance, which we wouldn't do, but that would happen later, like in the bigger party where we have a DJ or a band, or we haven't even worked all that out yet, but we did still have kind of a little reception. And during the reception, I thought, oh, you know, 
it'd be kind of fun to do some of these traditional wedding things like throw a bouquet. And of course I didn't have an extra bouquet. So we just gathered some flowers like off one of the tables and wrapped some ribbon up around it and then did the bouquet. And of course, um, I think it was Ruby that I mean, I'm not surprised that Ruby got it because she's very competitive and she plays volleyball. <laughs> so <laughs> she got it. But then I was like, well, gosh, we should throw a garter for the guys. And it didn't occur to me that most of the boys there were my sons. <laughs> and I also forgot. So I bought a garter kit that had two garters. And I forgot that the one you're supposed to throw is not the one on your leg. That's for your husband. Oh, you're supposed to throw the second one. I don't even know that I one. knew that. Yes, you're supposed to, th- or he's supposed to throw the second one, that, I think, that comes in the kit. The, other one, the one that's been on your sweaty lady leg is supposed to be the keepsake, I believe, unless I'm wrong about that. But that's certainly how it should be when you're, so yeah. I was like, okay, now Eric's going to toss the garter. And we're all dying laughing because it was so the, all these awkward teenage boys yeah. and young adult men are like jostling each other for position. And then it just floated through the air and landed, you know, Will's by far the tallest. And he just put his hand up and it just like landed on his hand. Like, I don't and, know if I want this, but I, and it's no, coming yeah. at me. So I have to put out my hand. And I can't remember what he did with it. He was, he started to like put it on his head or something. And I was like, honey, that's been on your mother's leg. And he looked like just kind of grossed out. And everybody was like, laughing uncomfortably, but it was actually very funny. So hopefully that doesn't sound as, as weird and pervy as it may have. Cause it was actually very charming and funny, but like also just a little bit weird. I love it. Funny. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. 
Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, well, we've talked a little bit about how our actual weddings went, and I didn't even mention that my first wedding was extremely conventional, um, like very much like even pre-internet conventional, where the only wedding experience or planning ideas I would have would have come from other people's weddings. You know what I mean? I didn't even have like, maybe I think I read a magazine or two. That's it. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about how we pulled these things together. And I thought it'd be fun to start by talking about the elements of weddings that are timeless or at least timeless for the era that we're in, like this century or this, you know, whatever, Um, like the order of events, things like that. But then there's some things that are more trend driven like color schemes and flowers. And so for us, I think, um, you know, of course, like there's an order of events at a wedding, right? Even the fact that we had a reception after the wedding, that is somewhat driven by the fact that that's what one does. And when it comes to the trends nowadays, it's easy to think that like you're somehow, because there's so many ideas out there and so many different ways to do things. And like, you can get so many ideas from the internet you can kind of think that you're not following trends because you are following one of a million trends. Mm, Yeah. So for example, for me, um, I wouldn't consider myself to have a boho aesthetic in regular life. Like that's not how I dress necessarily. But when I was looking online, the wedding photos that I would be drawn to because I was going to have this outdoor, very nature centered wedding, all kind of had a boho aesthetic. So then that's what I'm gravitating towards, even though I don't think that I've like following that trend, I'm still totally following a trend. Like no matter how unique I'm trying to be. Um, and one funny example of that was that I had asked you what you would think of me having a dried bouquet because I was a little concerned. We'll talk a little bit more about flowers later, but I was very concerned about how to get the bouquet done and up there and not to have it drooping and wilting and all that. And so I was like, Ooh, look, they have these on Etsy. They have these dried ones. And you're like, I don't know about the symbolism of that. And then I'm laughing. Like it's like dried up and withered, like my skin. It's like dead, like our love. I mean, if you really, if you want to get symbolic with it, yes, it could be a problem. But anyway, I also love fresh flowers. The only reason I was even looking at those bouquets was because the weddings I saw them being used in fit a like an aesthetic that also went with the sort of outdoor, you know yeah. what I mean? Does that make sense? Like yes. I was trying to, even though I didn't realize I was trying to make things fit an aesthetic or a trend, I totally was. Well, we've talked a million times on this podcast about the power of visual imagery, whether it's social media or like magazines. And it does sort of permeate your brain to where you're like, I guess this is what people are doing. That could be really inspirational. We know it can be a little misleading if it like when right. it, when it gets into like any everything from body image to parenting, like you have to be careful with the images you put in your brain. But in this case, in the case of planning a wedding, you're you're purposefully looking for visual inspiration. So I can totally see. And I'm sure there's people out there being like, duh, Sarah, everyone's doing dried flowers at their wedding. So I possibly it was an old fuddy duddy, but I was just like. I don't know. Those dried flower bouquets are beautiful. 
But I just, there's like something that felt off to me about carrying one on your wedding day. Well, and you're very into fresh flowers and so am I. So for me, it just, in the end, it, because you helped me with flowers and I wanted to share that story, but because you helped me with that and demystified it for me, I realized that actually I just wanted a fresh flower bouquet that was going to look nice. It wouldn't cost a million dollars. And we were able to achieve that. Um, So that like that solution, it wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite right for me. And even my dress, I wouldn't say was super like rustic boho. I didn't go in a, I, I didn't go way in the other direction. It was lace and pretty simple. So it was kind of, it, it fit the rustic, you know, outdoors more than maybe say a sequined evening gown might've or something really beaded, but it didn't have that, you know, the look, yes, the fairy, like mm-hmm. the, yeah, the fairy look. It didn't have that. That wasn't the look I ended up with. So, um, although I did the day before we got married, I was wearing a like long cream maxi dress and put a little crown in my hair and left my hair loose. And I feel like I kind of got to have both looks and they both like Renaissance fair, like boho wedding. I got to have sort of both looks, even though one wasn't actually on my wedding. So that was fun. Well, tell me about your, so your wedding and what parts of that you think were driven, um, by trends. I think uh, most of them, um, like I said, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have social media, but I did have the internet and I read a lot of magazines and I also went to a bunch of weddings in the year or so before we got married. I'd say we were on the early side, but not the very earliest. So like the summer, like a year before we got married, I think we went to two weddings of college friends. And then the year we, we, our wedding was in August. So that wedding season, if you will, from spring and summer of the same year we got married, I'd want to say we went to five weddings. So like we were kind of the summer that a lot of people were getting married. And so a lot of the trends I was seeing was coming from my friends' weddings or magazines or the kind of rudimentary blog world of the not.com and what was the other wedding channel? I feel like what it was weddingchannel.com, another like online place. Um, so I think a lot was trend driven. I'm just thinking of um like wedding party attire, like bridesmaids Mm -hmm. dresses. I thought a lot about because I had at that point been a bridesmaid in a couple of friends weddings. I feel like it was a thing that got talked about a lot. Like, Ooh, what are you going to make your bridesmaids wear? Are they going to be able to choose their dress? It was a lot. It was something that got like chatted about a lot. I feel like in forums and things. And I very much wanted my bridal party to like their dresses and feel comfortable. And they all had different body types. I remember thinking a lot about that and reading a lot about what what everybody else was doing. So that was very trend driven from the um, dress retailer I chose, which was, I remember I got swatches in the mail, like fabric swatches in the mail and I chose the color, but they got to choose from a variety of styles. And like, it was fine. Like the dresses were fine. I don't think any of my attendants hated their dress, but I don't think it was like, I don't know. I think I was literally doing what I thought was the right thing to do and very influenced by trends. Um, and maybe didn't make that big of a difference in the end, because at the end, in the end, they're all still bridesmaid dresses from a bridal yes. boutique, right? Like yeah. in the end, no one's still, no one's really choosing their dress. And I think that that's, I think that what you're talking about now, because Jenna got married in 2003 and Missy got married in 2004. And I remember that when they got married, that whole idea of like letting your bridesmaids choose was very new yeah. and sort of like, this is the new way to be a good bride. Yes. You know and and I'm like, 2005, nice so I was exactly yeah. right in there. 
Yeah. Yeah. And before that, it was very much like, no, we're all wearing the same satin shoes. We're all wearing the exact same dress. Like even in the 90s when I was like the late 90s, when I was reading bridal magazines, it was still much more the trend for everyone to dress exact, like all the attendants to be in the same dress. But in the end, how much of a difference did it make? Who knows? But, yeah. you, you know, you tried. You yeah. thought about them. And that's yeah, nice. I, I did. Um, and then, you know. I think that the fact that I had a church, a beautiful um, physical location, the church I got married in is beautiful inside and out. And then a country club, it meant that I actually kind of phoned in or opted out of a lot of visual trends because um, if we had had a blank slate of a location, for example, like a like a, a hall of some kind or an outdoor space. Those are the weddings I've attended where I think people really can like you have a blank slate. You can go any direction with decor yeah. and flowers. And I mean, and then I, this is not a bad thing. I actually think it made it simpler. My mom was helping. I was not living in the town where I got married. So I was doing a lot from afar and I was not paying the bills personally. So we just kind of went with the what the church recommended and what the country, yeah. cl- the country club had eight weddings that year. They they're like, okay, well, this is what looks good on our tables. This is like a cake person that a lot of people use. So, um, maybe the trend there was church ceremony, country club reception. That was the trend. And that actually solved quite a few of the other decisions because we just, I don't think we overthought it. I mean, my mom might have yeah. a different memory, but I cared well, a lot about my dress. I cared a lot about yeah. a few things, but then I was like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of beauty in that, I think. And I feel like now there's so much pressure for everything to be like bespoke for us to uh-huh. create on our, on our normal human budgets right. with our normal human skills yes. to create these amazing experiences for people that are totally unique and no one's done this before. And the way you can do that is if you spend a lot of money and or have a lot of time and talent. Yeah, I don't or like an art think... director for your real job, like or like a production right, right, designer. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the time and talent part, right? So it's like like having the expectation that we're all supposed to do that is unfair. And in the end, does it even matter? Like, I think when I got married the first time, the trend was like a lot of white flowers. I just remember there being a lot of cream and white. There wasn't a lot of variety. Uh, my, the cake was, I believe white and that's fine. Who cares? Like, yes, it looks just like a wedding. Uh, everyone else, everyone else's wedding from 1997. Okay. Like yeah. whatever, you know, at the end of the day, do people have a nice time and do we get married? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I think that's really, I, I feel like, yes, we all want it to be unique and special, but to what end and for what purpose? Well, and there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, um, assumed responsibility nowadays that you and I didn't have that one yes. could, one could design a perfectly bespoke. I love that word, um, experience for their guests. I don't think that that was what I thought I was supposed to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I definitely want to follow up, talk about the flowers because that was something where I feel like that was the biggest win of the whole day. So again, I was freaking out a little bit about the flowers. It was one of the things that stressed me out. And you were like, you can do this, Megan, go find some fresh flowers. And at first I was very resistant because you said, go to Trader Joe's. I'm like, I don't even know where there is one, Sarah. I know. And well, I wasn't, I was yeah. actually in the beginning. I think I wasn't thinking I would actually help you. It was after the dried flower discussion when I sort of like was judgy about the idea of a dried bouquet for your, your bouquet. I was like, I wish that I lived near you and I would just go to Trader Joe's and spend 25 bucks 
and right. make you a bouquet. It was like a hypothetical. And you and and or I think I did say like, I wish there was a Trader Joe's within driving distance and maybe somebody could run. And and of course I'm partial to Trader Joe's and not everybody has them. But I think we looked online, you and I both looked online and and there are guides for doing a DIY bouquet from your grocery store, from Whole Foods, from Costco. So like, I'm not the first person to think, okay, we can do this. We just have to get some fresh flowers that are going to last. I I remember you were kind of worried about everything wilting. And I just, from personal experience, buying flowers at Trader Joe's, I'm like, I buy flowers that last 10 days in my house. So I don't think two or three days, if you have to buy them on Saturday and you're getting married on Monday, I don't think it's going to be as big a deal as you think. And we had this whole thing about what flowers would last. And, and then Trader Joe's ended up being the thing you were able to do. Well, it just turned out that the Trader Joe's thing that I was very resistant to at the beginning was perfect. It was, um, there was one on the way and I had to do a couple other little errands in a bigger shopping center anyway. So we went to Trader Joe's and I'm not even sure this particular Trader Joe's uh, Trader Joe's had that great of a floral department compared to like what I've heard described. It was limited, which I actually think in my case was really helpful. Yeah. Um, and then you had sent me this whole Google doc that you put together with like really detailed instructions for what to look for. You sent me photos and I just kind of went in and in the moment was like, okay, these cream roses look really nice. I'm going to use that as kind of the base by which I'm going to, you know, the centerpiece or whatever. And then I'm going to add those little yellow balls. And then I'm going to add um, the, which I, I know we came up with a name, like the craps, crapsiums or whatever they're called. Crespelius. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. Crespelius. <laughs> okay. And um, there were a few other kind of anchor flowers, I guess, that we, that I just grabbed. And I grabbed a lot of extra stuff because it was still really cheap. Yeah. And then I ran over to Joanne Fabrics and got some like big, wide floral, like, you know, floral ribbon, like made for flora, um, flowers in green and blue. And I had known green and blue were two colors because of the water and the trees. I knew that those were two colors I wanted to look for. And so a lot of the accent, um, colors were flowers were blue and, and then greenery, of course. And then the day before the wedding, we were actually at the state park already, um, having a little barbecue and Jenna and Missy and I spread all the flowers out. And this is the funny part where like my other Enneagram one, um, best friend like kicks in. Tagged in. And I literally got up and went, I don't know. I went to go out to find some scissors or something. And by the, and Jenna just starts piece. I just see her brain go into action and she's like, "Uh uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. And by the time I got back, she's like, what do you think? And it's like, that's amazing. So she put together this amazing bouquet. Um, you helped me with the flowers. And then all the other ones went in little jars for vases and went on the tables. So it was great. And it was like teamwork makes the dream work. And that bouquet would have cost me a hundred dollars at least. Yes. Yeah, it, made for me. it was. I mean, I I was the bossy one behind the scenes from 2000 miles away. And yes, I made a Google Doc, um, but I was blown away by the execution that Jenna did and you guys picking them out and like how well it came together. It was deeply gratifying. Um, the yellow <laughs> ball flowers are called Craspedia or Craspedia. Um, okay. And I will probably forget that immediately, but we will put images of all of this in, yeah. we're going to put them at the momhour.com. I'm thinking we'll actually create even a separate blog post. So just people can oh, just look at the pictures. Not everybody's on Instagram. I know we always say, Oh, I mean, you've shared a lot on Instagram, but not everybody's there. So we'll put them on our website, either in the show notes, or we'll link to a place um, where people can browse through. But um, yeah, that was a really fun way for me selfishly to be 
involved and to use, I don't know, like I, I do really like flowers. I like flower arranging. I like saving money. Yeah. I like, like, so it, it many of your skills mm-hmm. came together mm-hmm. for that and yeah. your preferences, your skills and what's deeply important to you <laughs> came yeah. together. Yeah. So we had beautiful flowers and that was really nice. Well, let's quickly each say a couple of things that were the most stressful and the least stressful about wedding planning for each of us. Um, I'm just going to touch on a couple of things that were the most stressful about planning this wedding. And I guess they were the, you know, the funny thing is in that episode that I did of Mother of Reinvention, where I asked people, including you, to tell me what they would do differently for, you know, if they could get married again. Like if they were planning, not a second, not not remarrying, but if they were planning their wedding again, what would they do differently? And going into this wedding, I really had this feeling like I can do anything. Like the sky's the limit. Like it's my, uh, this is my midlife wedding and I'm not bound to any conventions and I can have exactly who I want there. But that's not really realistic because you still have people in your life who you have to work around, accommodate, consider. Mm -hmm. Um, Between the two of us, we have seven kids that had to be considered. So probably by far for me, the human element was the most stressful. Like making sure all of the people who needed to be there could be there, or at least were given the chance to be there. And so nobody was excluded, but also not working too hard to include people for whom it wasn't that important to be there. And you know what I mean? Like that was for me as an Enneagram too hard. I wanted to make it so that literally anybody could get there at the same time, wanting to make it work the best for the people who mattered the most. And that was a little bit tricky. Um, and then again, not having anybody on the ground helping me plan, it wasn't really a big deal. Make, like in the end, everything came together just fine. And I realized that I didn't need to stress about the food, which was a minor stressor. In the end, the food was very simple and it was totally fine. But we were in this unconventional venue. This would have driven you crazy, I think, um, because there were no rules. We weren't sanctioned to be there. Yeah. So at right before we... Um, so uh, right before Jenna, Missy, Catherine, and the girls and I walked on to that, I'm trying to remember what order we were in. No, I guess at this point, Eric and I were at the back. So everybody else filed on ahead of us. We met like in around the corner and then we all walked up together and got on this raft. And these two old women started getting on the raft. Oh my gosh. And someone in the back is like, hey, we're having a, <laughs> we're having a wedding on here. Did they not oh, was pick the pastor on what's No, what's they do. Oh. He said, hey, she, they said, oh, are you getting married out on the raft? And we said, yeah. And so the pastor said, are you coming along for the ride? Or Because we can't say no. It's, it's a, a public, public park. park. <laughs> right. And they're like, okay. And they jumped on and they were on the raft for oh. our entire wedding. Oh, my gosh. I did not know this. <laughs> yes. That makes no. me feel very stressed out. You know, but not, not because two old ladies are going to necessarily like but what if they just were odd? What if they talked really loud? Like, right. what if they started audibly praying over you? Like, I just yes. like, the, yeah, it's not that two more bodies, if they were cool, then that's fine. But right. what if they weren't? Well, I know. And I had that same feeling getting on. Like, I was like, someone needs to put a stop to this. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. Like, someone tell them they're not welcome. They need to get off. And then I was like, that's dumb. I'm just going to be, we're outside. We're at a state park. I don't, I don't have any more right to this raft than they do. We knew going in that this was a possibility. We joked about it. We figured people would wait. It wasn't like that long a wait. And there's a whole park. They can go walk around the park. They don't have to stand there in line. There's no line. It's like, we're the only people in the whole park is like us and these two old ladies. Um, 
But I don't know what they've got planned after this. Maybe they're going right from here to something else. Maybe this will make their day. Yeah. I have no idea. And I just thought in the spirit of openness. I love it. Sure. Whatever. So the nice thing was that Eric and I went right to the front of the raft. And that's where the wedding is happening. And they're at the back of the raft. So I couldn't honestly, even if they'd been talking, I probably wouldn't have heard them because it's like birds. It was kind of yeah. loud out they're, there. They're you know? also outnumbered 25 to two of your people. <laughs> yes. So it's not like a like a group of like a, a school bus full of, I don't know, college well, tourists at any or time something. We yeah, we could have chucked them off, I guess, like they could have <laughs> gone in the water. Um, but the funny thing is afterward, as we were leaving, they stayed on like they kind of got off and let us pass them and then they went back on. And they were really nice. They were like, that was lovely. Thank you so much. And like, I think it made their day. And when I talked to other people who were around them, they said it was really funny because they tried to act like they weren't paying any attention to the wedding. Like they were like looking at the birds and looking in the water. Like they tried to pretend like they weren't there as if anybody cared that they were there. It was actually very funny and sweet. So that sort of that being the eventuality that we kind of thought could happen. And then at the end, it did happen. You know, sometimes when you think you worry that something might happen, then it does. And you're like, oh, that was no big deal. It like yeah. D, yes. it kind of just de-amplifies or diffuses everything. Um, and then just quickly, the least stressful things for me actually were like my makeup, my hair, my jewelry, even my dress. I At the very end, I had like a little moment of panic. Like maybe I wanted a different dress and I actually even ordered a couple other dresses and then was like, nope, I'm going back with my first one. Those to me were just not huge stressors. And I, I'm grateful that I didn't have more time because I think if I'd had more time to plan, I might've stressed about them yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So how about for you? Most and least? Um, most stressful. I'm going to agree on the human element and the invite list. And I had a very different wedding. So we, um, I think we ended up with just under 200 people at our wedding, but that means we invited more than that. Um, and we, it was a big wedding. We both have medium-sized families. I wouldn't say we have huge families, but we were like the first oldest kids to get married. Um, Brian's family's from the East coast. We had a West coast wedding. There was a lot of people traveling a long way. Um, and so I did care a lot about people feeling included, especially people who flew a long way. But then, um, I think one of the, the whole human element was stressful. The, the guest list and um, the, the numbers, the size, the seating tables, all, everything having yeah. to do that was, um, was, I would say like moderately stressful, but actually the most stressful within that category, I think were the events on either side of the actual wedding. So like rehearsal dinner and then post-wedding brunch and like who's invited to those things and who's not invited. Cause they're meant, they're meant to be smaller gatherings, but our small was not small because of the number of close family who had traveled a long way. And then what are you going to, then they're not invited to like, right. Anyway, um, we navigated it. It was fine, but that, and I was a baby. I mean, I was 25. Right. I wasn't like, I was doing my best. My parents were doing their best. It was fine. But that part was, was pretty stressful. Um, least stressful. I think all the things I mentioned that I, I just, didn't care too much about. And I'm so grateful looking back. So I actually remember saying I didn't want a wedding cake. And then my mom was like, well, how about we have a wedding cake? And I, I completely deferred or uh, abdicated that choice. I, I didn't look at cakes. I didn't taste cakes. My mom just got a wedding cake. Um, I had a little bit of input on flowers, but not detailed input on flowers. Um, what else? Centerpieces. There was a whole bunch of things that going back to what I said about the church and country club, they were both pretty already. They both done a lot of weddings already. My mom has really nice taste, but I don't think she 
labored over a lot of it either. We cared about the photographer and the DJ and my dress and the bridal party dresses and the invitations. I cared about those things. And I truly just like completely passed on the choices for a bunch of other things. And I'm not sure a bride could get away with that today, but I, you might be right. Yeah. You know, and my mom, like I said, my mom has great taste. My parents were they were the ones with the budget in mind. And so I, I just <laughs> deferred those responsibilities, which made those things less stressful. I did not care. Yeah. Yeah. For my w- first wedding, I don't remember planning like any of that stuff. And you're right. Like it did take, well, and I wasn't expected to know anything. That's the yeah. thing that I think you're saying is so different. We were both young. I was really young, but you were still very young yeah. at your first wedding. And like, we just figured our parents knew more than we did. Yeah. And we're like, okay, just go for it. Yeah. And I think that that's, I don't think that now brides have that same option necessarily because you're expected. There's just a lot of expectations. Or if you're a little bit older, you may actually have opinions on all those things. I think I was young and naive enough. um, And the weddings I had been to were very recent. In fact, a lot of the weddings I went to were too late for me to have like made any, like our invitations were ordered by the time I went to like four weddings that, that spring and summer. So yeah. The, the naivete worked in my favor, I think, in terms of not stressing about a lot of those things. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keeps pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. 
Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay. Well, that was really fun to talk about our weddings. Um, and I definitely will be leaning on you when it comes time to plan the bigger party in the fall. But right now, I'm just going to pretend that's not happening. <laughs> and I'm going to switch gears right now to us as wedding guests or attendants. So, as a guest, or I guess even as an attendant, Sarah, what kind of wedding? do you love? And is there anything in particular that you really love about weddings? And maybe like, is there anything you don't care about that much or don't enjoy as much? Well, I think I love almost any kind of wedding, um, especially now that I don't go to as many. I can't think of a like a specific type of wedding that I prefer over others. I think what's fun about being a guest at a wedding um, is that it is someone else's vision of how they want to celebrate. And I am fine with whatever that looks like. I've been to very religious weddings. I've been to outdoor weddings. It's, I don't think I have a preference because it feels like it's so much about that unique couple's right. choice. I mean, we all know that I have preferences around, like, I probably wouldn't want to sit outside if it was really hot for two hours in a really long ceremony, <laughs> but neither, nobody would. So that's, right. that's silly. Um, I, do really enjoy seeing the intentional choices. I know we just talked about how I wasn't super intentional about a lot of my choices, but I really enjoy being a participant in somebody else's carefully curated experience. Um, especially the kind of wedding where I don't have a lot of responsibility. I, I love going to a wedding where I know the couple I'm happy for them, but I don't have a lot at personal stake. So I guess that's actually yes. how I want to answer that question of what's my favorite kind of wedding. My favorite kind of wedding to go to is where I'm with my husband as my plus one. And we are on a really fun date where we get um, a nice meal and a good time, but we are not beholden or enmeshed in any way emotionally with the outcome or the people. Like there's no, you know, great aunt Bessie to keep happy in the corner for us. Like we are yeah. unencumbered by the human drama that accompanies a lot of weddings. That's my favorite. So type that of would wedding. include, that would include the human drama that goes into being an attendant. And um, so like, I think so. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like I, I've been, I've been a bridesmaid or an attendant a few times yeah, and it's, it's nice, yeah. but it's not the most fun weddings. Mostly, you know, those aren't necessarily the ones where I've been like, wow, that was a really fun night out. Cause it's not a night out. It's a job. No, it's <laughs> you know, like it's a like, weekend. It is. It's a right. lot. It's a lot of work. And when we come back yeah. on Tuesday and we talk about some of our experience with kids in weddings and us being in weddings, when our kids are also there, uh, we'll talk more about like some of our, <laughs> I think both of us have been in weddings as moms and that's a whole, that's a whole thing as well. It's a whole thing. But more specifically you asked like, are there parts of it that I love or maybe don't love as much? I do love a good, like cheesy first entrance on the dance floor when like the couple is like away somewhere, maybe her bustle's being drawn up or they've had a few pictures. And then the DJ or someone like makes a big announcement, like, and now for the very first time, please <laughs> welcome. I, <laughs> I know. And yes. then like it, they can be so over the top and cheesy, but I truly think like the, the audience, the guests love that moment. It's like it's such a, just a happy, joyful, like whether you do it very understated or like have a total like choreographed dance, like I love it all. I don't care what you do. I really love it. And I think a cousin to that moment is also if there's a ceremony and there's a point in the ceremony where the officiant says, um, I now pronounce you like the mosquito on the face. That moment is, is maybe like right. a, 
a slightly toned down moment. But in both cases, it's like, this is why we are here this moment. And I, as a, as a watcher, I could, I mean, I could do that over and over again. I love it. Um, shocking. No one. I don't care that much about the dance floor. I know some people love a wedding dance floor and just like jump out of their seat. And it is very sweet to see grandma and father-in-law and, you know, but I personally would probably rather have a glass of wine and sit and talk with somebody, have an interesting conversation and like people watch. Um, I don't, I could leave a wedding when the dancing started, starts almost every time. So that's not surprising. I have, so this might shock you. I actually am also that I'm a little bit, um, tepid about the dance floor at weddings for the most part. And I love dancing, but you've seen me dance and it is not often wedding appropriate. (laughs) I guess what I will say is like the kind of dancing I like to do that I really want to like let go. It does not belong with grandma. Well, and I think there's a lot of weddings where that kind of dancing is happening anyway. It happens later. That's true. But then I feel kind of goofy. I feel uncomfortable because it's not the right it's like the lights are too bright and there's the age groups are too mixed and there's children there. And I'm like, what if I just want to like grind or get low? You know, I want like a club. <laughs> I want a CD club. I don't do that anymore. But that was like when I was really into dancing, that was the kind of dancing I was doing, which is part of the reason I really loved dancing at women's conferences, because then you don't even have to worry about dudes. It's yeah. like yeah. everyone's just leaving it all on the dance floor, which is really fun. I also really don't like um, planned. Well, you know, my feelings about like line dances and like the dances where everyone like Flash the semi choreographed yeah. thing, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Just really just not my thing. Okay. Well, I was going to launch into a little bit of a cranky gripe, but I'm going to reframe this. Aww, we love and a instead, good cranky rant. <laughs> now you're going to, you know what? You're going to understand what the cranky rant would have been okay. by the way that I'm going to reframe okay. this. Let's just put it that way. I'm going to instead show appreciation for people who do this a little bit differently. Okay. I really appreciate a wedding where somebody, whether it's the event planner, the bride and groom, I know it's not always the bride and groom doing the planning. I get that. Um, I really appreciate when thought goes into the people who are guests and what their reality is during what can be a very long day. Mm-hmm. Often, maybe you've got a wedding then the venue is at a church 20 or 30 minutes away from the reception venue. And then the bridal party and bride and groom party, whatever wedding party are out carting around in a van and a party van, taking photos all over the city or whatever. I just like when the guests are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I think I have been to weddings where that's done really well and weddings where people wait a really, really long time without any food Mm -hmm. or anything to do do yeah. um, where the dinner is too early and then you're starving and drunk at the end of the night or like where it's too late and you're starving and drunk at the beginning. Like there's just so many ways it can become kind of miserable for a guest, especially a guest who's paying a babysitter or especially a guest yeah. who's from out of town and maybe has like an awkward checkout or check-in time. It's like, I don't, I guess depending on the size of the wedding and the budget and all that, I'm not sure whose job it is to think about those things, but I will say I've been to weddings where that was really done well and it makes a big difference. I will say late night food makes a big difference. I was Mm -hmm. my um, ex-sister-in-law's wedding. They had a dinner at like seven, but then they brought out a nacho, like a nacho bar at 11 and, and it went late. So like we really needed the nacho bar by that point. It was great. And I appreciated that. I felt like that was thoughtful, you know, and I don't think it has to be high budget. 
I don't think it has to be something that changes the shape of the entire day. It's like little touches to make a big difference. Yeah. And it's a really, that is a challenging planning skill set. And not everybody, there's so many things that goes into that. And you're right. It is, it's the ability to zoom out and almost put yourself in a guest's shoes and um, understand what the whole experience from the time you leave wherever you are to go to the first event to the time you get home. What's the transportation? How hungry, how hot, how cold, how thirsty? Like, you're right. There's a lot that goes into that. And I can see how that could be done well or not well. So I don't think that was a cranky yeah. rant, but I know what you mean. Well, I, I at the last minute, I saved it for me. It was going to be. Yeah. Um, but then I will also say the thing that that I actually have really loved about some weddings, but don't always love is again, when it's done well, I feel like the toasts and the speeches have made me legitimately really cry hard before. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, this is embarrassing. I wish they would stop. Yes. So it could be, it could like, be anywhere in there. Yeah. It could be all over the place. Okay. Well, this next question, Sarah, at first I had written this, tell me about the last few fun weddings you went to as a guest or attendant. But then I realized like those, <laughs> The last few fun weddings could mean we're going back to like 2005 or something because we don't go to that many weddings anymore. Yeah. So just tell me about the last few weddings you went to, whether fun or not. Well, yeah. And and because of our age and season of life, I mean, I'm going to give you the last four and those are the only four I've been to in the last 10 years. So that's, I think, yeah. and I could be forgetting one. Um, in 2014, um, which my youngest, or yeah, my youngest child was about a year and a half coming up on two. And that's significant because this is the first wedding I remember going to flying somewhere, leaving all three kids with the grandparents at home and being so not stressed about it. And so I had a lot of fun at that wedding. Nobody was nursed. So I had no breastfeeding baby to leave. Um, we like, I felt great in my dress and that was in the Bay area at like, and it was an Indian wedding, which was really, really cool. Um, and we had a good time, but it was also because of that season of life thing for me, it was not stressful to leave three kids at home and go on a fun weekend with my husband. And, you know, it takes a long time to get there if you're in the little years. Um, so that was a fun one. And it was my first Indian wedding. Um, my sister got married in 2016, but I was a very involved back to like being when you're an attendant or a family member, that is a different experience. It's like almost like I was a part of that wedding, not just attending it, but it was a really beautiful, beautiful wedding. Um, and then in 2018, we brought our oldest who was 10 at the time with us. So just one kid came with us to a wedding in Virginia, um, a college friend of mine, and we turned it into like a little sightseeing Washington DC couple days. Um, another college friend also brought their 10 year old with them. So it was fun to have a big kid at a wedding and then, um, also to see a part of the country I hadn't seen before. So that one was super fun. And then I, I did go to a Zoom wedding in 2020. That was not fun. And it was um, a, a second marriage of a couple who's even older than we are. And um, I mean, we went, we logged in. I don't even know what, what to say was about it? that. Like, what did you do? <laughs> well, <laughs> so what would you say happened here? Well, these are close family friends and we were given an invitation. And so they had set up really good live streaming of the ceremony. And they had a very, very small group of family outdoors. I'm not, I can't remember when it, maybe it was summer of 2020 or early fall. It wasn't, 
So they were able to have a few people in person um, at this COVID wedding. And so the live stream of the ceremony was actually fine. It was like turning on your computer and like, oh, yeah, like, turning on TV or something yeah. like watching did, someone else. They did thing, a really yeah. good job with the tech. I mean, they they whoever was running tech like you could actually see you could actually hear you. Nobody was like coming in like accidentally unmuted. It was truly watching like a live stream event. So that part was good. But then there was this like zoom cocktail hour that they really Ugh. wanted people to pop into. And so these are friends of my parents, but good, but also friends of mine. Hopefully they kind don't of. listen to the podcast. So I don't think so. <laughs> well, and okay. it's not really their fault, but I remember right. like, I was like, great. We watched the wedding. And then I was getting texts from my family. Like, are you going to come into the zoom happy hour? I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't know their cousins and their like, what am I supposed right. to do? And I was a little bit pressured to just at least show up and like type a message into the chat and like stay muted. But it was, I mean, remember how awkward big zoom yes. calls were in 2020. And then like, yeah, that yeah. was, that part was terrible, but the live stream part was cool. So I guess it was like, it was a little bit. Well, bless them for trying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who knew, you know, like we all were trying things and like they had the poor luck to be getting married in 2020 yeah. and like, you know, and still move forward with it. So, uh, and maybe some people really enjoyed that. I went to a couple Zoom birthday parties that I thought were awful, um, but other people seem to actually be having fun. Yeah, and so. I, I, I think, um, yes, I, they may have wanted an excuse to keep some parts of it small. And yeah. if we remember, those were the times where you didn't have a lot on your calendar. Like, certainly, right, I had nothing so. better to do than, right, right. like, watch a live stream wedding. So, anyway, yeah. how about you? Well, the last three weddings that I attended, um, Eric's son, besides my own, Eric's son got married in 2021, um, and they had a very small and low-key wedding. It was actually quite lovely. They It was the day after Christmas, and I think they had been planning to do it like a year later or maybe that summer, but it was one of those where like family was already in town for the holiday and oh. people already had time off, and they just, they threw it together really fast. It was on... Um, in someone's yard, I don't know who, but like on this wooded lot on December 26th. And it was like they had campfires and they got oh, married. And fun. then we had s'mores and then we left. That's so cool. it was kind of great. It like was the whole party. thing was probably, yeah, it was just like a party, like a camping. We're all standing around. I think I was wearing like, I think I was wearing a dress, but with like, you know, thick tights under it yeah. and boots. And so it was pretty casy. And, um, the s'mores were nice and it was like in the middle of the day and then okay. it was done. So that was actually kind of cool and nice. Uh, my sister's wedding in 2019 to her husband, Eric was really cool. Um, and bonus. It was the day after I met my Eric. So like now in my mind, yeah. the day that like, I met Eric and the day my sister got with, cause I was staying up late, um, to wait for I my remember, brother, but yeah. he was coming into town. Um, but they, my sister is a, a volunteer docent at the Michigan historical it's like the museum of like, the Michigan history museum. I can't remember what the name of it. It's actually called, but it's a really cool museum in Lansing in the state capital that I've been to a bunch of times. The kids go on their field trips there, whatever. And it's got really cool, um, exhibits. And we all met and then went through the exhibits like as a wedding party. It was a small group, but like all of the congregants, oh, all of the attendants cool. are like attendees are walking through the museum and then in one of like in their favorite area there, one of their friends had gotten licensed to perform weddings, certified, whatever. And I just did it. I love and it. then we all finished the museum and then we went to dinner. I love it. And that was really, really nice. Um, and then the last wedding before that, that was more of a traditional wedding was in 2018. Um, it was my friends, Jeff and Colleen. And 
I was an attendant on Jeff's side. I didn't know Colleen as well, but I had been good friends with Jeff. And here's the funny thing. My ex-husband was also an attendant. And so honestly, looking back, I, I wish I had, as your I friend. wish I hadn't done it. Yeah. I wish I hadn't done it. It was like one of those things where at the time I knew what Jeff was trying to do. He was trying to like acknowledge me and give me a place in, you know, like yeah. to be like, yes, she's my friend too. She belongs here. Even though there's this divorce happening, we're not going to let that like, you know, but the, but the fact is I had to spend the whole day with my newly ex-husband yeah, um, and a bunch of guys who are great. They're super fun guys, but they're guys like, yeah. and all the women are like in a different room and I didn't know them well. And I didn't get to do the fun stuff like you were saying about showing up at a wedding and just being there. Like that would have been an awesome wedding to go to just as a guest. Mm -hmm. um, the speeches were beautiful. Like I remember really getting choked up by the speeches. The music was great. The food was great. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I wish I had just gone. And at the very end of the night, this is like so sad, but here I've spent the entire day with my ex. But by, by that point, we had been divorced less than a year. Yeah, it was fresh. Um, it was very fresh. And these were all like a lot of our old friend group that we had hung out with together. Yeah. And everyone's been drinking now since noon because yeah. it was one of those where we started early. Um, and, or maybe not noon, but, but there was like a party bus situation that started quite early. And it was at this nice hotel downtown Chicago. And I remember just walking out at one point and I'm standing in the cab line crying and my, oh. <laughs> I'm just going to cry. So my ex-husband walks up and called me an Uber. Cause I was just like, I'm just losing my, just I'm done. just losing it. Yeah. I was, your, yeah. your body was like, your system was not ready for that much. You were, you no. were like a little bird, like emotionally. Yes, I was a little baby bird. Yeah. So I'm at, I'm at a wedding, which is hard enough. Yes. Like the first wedding you go to as a divorced person yeah. is hard. It's good friends. Um, but like, I wasn't close enough. I think if I'd also been closer with all the women, yeah. it would have felt different, yeah, you didn't but have I felt that. a little, oh. I was like a fish out of water. Um, and everyone was trying, like all the guys were trying so hard to be cool, but I was like, but I'm not your friend really. Like I'm kind of friendly with all of you, but I'm not like, I'm not one of the guys. Yep. And I didn't have anyone to help me with my hair. That was really this hard. Like and I have like, me so I know. Sad. And I had like newly growing out, um, short hair and I just didn't know what to do with it. And there was no one to help me. And it was just, it felt terrible. So Sorry. anyway, it's okay. You know, learn. I feel like it was one of those things where I, I felt like I needed to do it. I don't know why. I think I didn't feel like I could say no. And I now looking back, if I could give myself advice, it would be if something feels that loaded, just say no. Um, don't do it. Like yeah. you have nothing to prove here. No yeah. one's going to be upset if you don't want to do this. And I think I felt like I had to show up for this thing in yeah. this way. So anyways, all of the things I just told you that I did as a newly divorced person at a wedding, don't do any of those things yeah. if you're... Um, getting divorced and it all ends happily. And now, you know, years later, I feel like it feels so far. I feel so removed from that, that whole situation, but gosh, it was so fresh then. Yeah. So there you go. That's a doozy to end with, huh? It is. I, I think <laughs> it's actually a great little um, place to pause because Tuesday's conversation is really a continuation of this. Yes. Um, but from the angle of moms with kids. And we're going to yeah. talk about being at weddings with our children, including being maybe carrying a unborn child in your body, which is like a whole yeah. thing at a wedding. We're also going to talk about when our kids are in a wedding or we are also in a wedding and our kids are in a wedding. And then 
finally, how to manage when you're you have kids, but they are not coming with you to the wedding either because they're not invited or yeah. you've decided you got to ditch them for the night because even that can create a lot of stress. So uh, hearing you talk about Jeff and Colleen's wedding, it, it's a lot of the same emotions, I think, that come up for n- newer moms with regard to weddings, which is you want to be there for your friend, but you have a life situation that is demanding a lot of you emotionally and physically. Um, and that is more fraught than one might think. It's certainly more fraught than yes. I thought of when I was a naive person who was like, I want a flower girl in my wedding. Let's put uh-huh. her here and dress her in this. And like when you are a parent, there's just like a lot. So I think that story actually yeah. is has some parallels to being a newer mom at a wedding, even though that was not oh, your yeah. that wasn't your situation. No, but I have memories of weddings that I was trying to be a part of while also trying to be a mom and yeah. also having feelings. Yes. Like having some big feelings about that as well. So definitely something for us to dive into in the Tuesday episode. All right. We'll talk to everybody then. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.